Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women on life after 50 who are unafraid to age out loud. I'm your host, Katie Fogarty. If you've made it to 50 and you're a woman, you have definitely read or at least seen glossy women's magazines trumpeting headlines like age-appropriate dressing or the new rules, what to wear at 20, 30, 40, 50, and beyond. But who exactly makes these rules? What happens if we don't follow them? Do they exist to make getting dressed in the morning easier? Do people even still get dressed in the morning? I'm joined today by somebody with answers, Jennifer Alfano, a former Vogue and Harper's Bazaar editor. A believer that life needs flair, Jennifer now brings her editor's eye and impeccable taste to surface under the radar drool-worthy finds on her addictive platform, The Flair Index. She's also the host of the podcast, She's Got Flair, which celebrates fascinating women you want to know. I am thrilled she's here to talk all things fashion, aging, developing one's style, editing and streamlining a capsule wardrobe, and her own increased focus on sustainable fashion and a buy less, buy better credo. Welcome, Jennifer. Thanks for having me. Uh, in a few minutes, I want to dive into one of your projects I've been following on your Instagram, your closet cleanout. But first, I'd love to hear a bit more about your early uh, career in fashion magazines. Uh, sure. I I've been uh, following and loving fashion since I was reading Seventeen, YM, and it's always seemed like the coolest uh, sort of enviable job. How did you get started? So I actually, if I go way back to the beginning of my career, I studied to be a classical dancer in high school, and I wasn't going to college. Wow. And I um, Yeah. And my father said, well, not to be a pessimist, what happens if you break both your legs, please apply to college. So I said, <laughs> oh, fine. I'm going to be in New York dancing. So I applied to NYU um, and got in and I quit dancing my senior year in um, high school. And I thought, well, what else do I love? And I, I loved writing and I loved journalism and I had always loved fashion. My mom always had Vogue. She always had WWD. I was always going through them, tearing out pages. Um, so I studied journalism at NYU. And then my first uh, job, I had an internship at Details Magazine. And a friend there um, had been Anna Winter's nanny Ooh. <laughs> and actually went on to Vogue, which is my dream job. So I told her, I, I said, I, I want to go to Vogue. Um, so I applied for a job. A job position came open. Um, but in those days, you had to pass a typing test. And they didn't teach typing at my all-girls school. So um, I failed the typing test three times but somehow managed to get the job on the condition that I would go take typing class at 7.30 in the morning, three days a week before work. This is like a true nevertheless she persisted moment. <laughs> I, love <laughs> it, it I love that it landed you at Vogue. <laughs> and I, I stayed there for almost four years. Then I went to Harper's Bazaar um, as a fashion writer, stayed there till I had my first daughter and the editor-in-chief passed away, Liz Tilbaris, who was amazing. And I ended up going back to Bazaar two other times under Glenda Bailey and writing for other magazines. Um, and, you know, I'm covering fashion. Anything to do with writing and fashion was my world. So amazing. I love that you uh, were able to just, you know, keep at it and, and land these amazing gigs. So is it, is it, was it as much fun as it seems in the movies or was it more like Devil Wears Prada? Or was that just, or was it somewhere in between? It's a little bit of both. Um, Anna Wintour was a very demanding boss, which on one level was amazing because people worked really hard and 
none of us took no for an answer when we were trying to find something. I remember uh, we were doing a Christmas issue and my editor said, I hear from that you can get reindeer sausage now, which now sounds so horrible. She's like, I want to put it in the gift guide. And you have to call this guy in Russia who works for the New York Times. So it was, you know, you learned how to sleuth and and search things out and and find things. And um, so that part was good. It was really a train. I think the training was great because you just tried your hardest to do whatever had to be done. Um, and at the same time, it was, it was fun. I mean, fashion is glamorous on some levels and not glamorous on others. It's probably like any job where there are the highs and the lows and, and it looks good on paper sometimes, but when you're actually, um, you know, in the trenches. So I, yeah. I, I'm curious because you, you've been in and out of different magazine titles and you did it over, uh, you know, a large period of time. Was it 15 years? Almost 20 years. Almost 20 years. So you've really seen the evolution of print to digital. And... Um, over those 15 or 20 years, because I've been reading these magazines, I know that they still do stories like age-appropriate dressing or what looks good at 20, 30, 40, 50. Have you seen that be a consistent theme um, or have rules for dressing changed? I think, uh, well, I think Harper's Bazaar still does sort of at every age for 20s and 30s, 40s and 50s, 60s and 70s. Um, But I do think... I think fashion has changed a lot. I think there aren't any, the dictums that used to exist. Oh, you, you can only wear white after Labor Day and you can't wear short skirts after a certain age. Not that short skirts are necessarily very in right now, but um, I think it's changed a lot. I think individualism is what's become more important in fashion. Um, but I do know that a lot of women want guidance and help when getting dressed. And so what, what are some of the rules that, that you use for yourself um, to help yourself get dressed in the morning? Do you have a set of rules? No. I, <laughs> I don't. I love uh, it. I, you know, I think it's really what you feel good in and what you love. Um, I think that there are a lot of choices out there. And I think the hardest thing, and it's still for me, it's the hardest thing, but the sort of the most important thing is define what looks good on you, what you feel good in and sort of stick to that because by sticking, sort of creating a uniform um, of clothing options, it, 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 it limits the excess that ends up in your wardrobe that you don't wear. And I'm a big believer in buying less and buying better. So you have a succinct edited wardrobe that really works for you, especially in these times. I mean, I'm sure we're all, I mean, at the beginning, I think we're all wearing probably the same shirt and, you know, T-shirt and jeans for many days in a row. And I think things are evolving with the pandemic. But I I think we've also realized that most of us have a lot of stuff in our closets that we don't wear and we don't need or really miss when you don't wear it. I totally agree. I mean, I feel that way about shoes. My, My, like, early shelter in place was slippers. And my second half of shelter in place was Birkenstocks. And I I feel like my shoes miss me. They're just lonely sitting in there in my closet, unloved. I, I love the fact that you describe your own wardrobe and your own style as being edited and uh, having a uniform, because I'm so envious of that, that uh, ethos, because I, I just don't have the discipline. I love the idea of having a uniform, but then I find myself 
you know, like a magpie drawn to shiny things. And I'm always buying things that are, you know, kind of all over the place. So t- walk me through a capsule wardrobe. If I could get a little bit more disciplined, you know, what? how should I be thinking about this? Well, I, I kind of like to think of an edited wardrobe as a perfect, uh, what you would take on vacation, but not what you would take on vacation to say Capri for a week. But if you were going on a vacation where you were, if you are a a mom, a stay at home mom, you're taking your kids with you or you're going for work or you're a businesswoman. And so your, your trip has part of what is representative of your daily life. What would you pack in a suitcase if you could take 12 pieces because you'd want to represent yourself in your best way. I mean, I feel like that's how we all are when we travel. You want to look your best and wear the clothes you love the most. So if you think of an edited wardrobe as your, you know, what you're packing for a vacation, I think that's where you sort of come up with a good guideline to what, what you like most and what you go to again and again. And do you find for yourself that your style has changed over the years? Um, and can I ask you, Jennifer, quickly, how, yeah. how old are you? I am 52. You're 52. And, and how does it feel to have me ask you that question and <laughs> say your age out loud? You know, I don't mind. I, I, I think when I turned 50, um, I had started, it was a year after I had started doing my site, the Flare Index. And I just find it amazing that women don't want to own up to their age. Um, and I find that once you hit 50, kind of the great thing is, at least for my, myself, I really don't care what people think, which I think is really hard. I think women are always looking for, um, you know, I can't think of the word, people to sort of agree with them and, and, and needing um, some external validation. Yeah, exactly. Validation. That's the word I was looking for. Um, And I felt like when I hit 50, I didn't need it. And I felt very comfortable with my own skin and making my own choices. And if people like those choices, great. And if they don't, I don't care. (laughs) Um, But but I also wish that more women be honest about their age. Because I also think a lot of women in their 50s, I mean, I'm sorry, like, Julian Moore is in her, is she 60 now? They're amazing women who are older. And I think we don't give ourselves the benefit of the doubt by being honest and saying how old we are. Right. I, I, 50 seems to be a strange transition age for a lot of people because there's a lot of, um, you know, it gets a lot of bad press. People seem to feel like 50, all of a sudden you're in the AARP and you're like close to retirement and people get anxious. And so I think there's a, it's a, it's a strange time for women where they um, are not quite still, you know, young, but they're not yet old. And so I feel like th- perhaps that's one of the reasons why people um, are reluctant to to say their age when they hit this magic number. But I, I, like you, I embrace being 50. I threw myself a big, huge party, invited all of my closest girlfriends, the, the women in my life who add so much sparkle to it, and just like made it a big, you know, rosé drinking luncheon, just with all the women I loved. I, I, I definitely have embraced this age. So I'm, I, I love hearing that you're, you're on the same bandwagon. So has your fashion changed, though, now that you're 50 from when you were earlier? Does it change because you're no longer, you know, working at a magazine and you're working from home? Uh, walk us through your own evolution. I mean, 
some things have stayed the same and some things have changed. Um, all of the heels, all the Manola Blahniks I used to wear, um, I don't anymore. And I actually, I, I uh, recently in the last year um, downsized and moved to the city um, and had kept all these pieces of clothing that I no longer wear, like three and four inch heels and got rid of those. Um, was so this your was this your closet clean out that you've been documenting on Instagram? Yes, um, and I really let go. You know, I thought I didn't have. I'm pretty good at editing things, and I don't get very sentimental about a lot of things, so I don't have a problem letting go. But when I moved, I realized I really hadn't let go of a lot of things. Also, because it's not easy getting. Um, you know, it takes work. It takes effort. Um, but I think. My style, on some levels, my style has been the same. I've always loved button-down shirts. I like very tailored pieces. I always have. Um, so I would say certain things, the general idea of what I like has never really changed, but the pieces change and, and definitely no more heels. And also with the pandemic, I don't see where anyone's really wearing heels that much anymore anywhere. So what's the future of fashion going to be? Because I feel like cocktail dresses, tight jeans, you know, do we need these? What do you think is what it's going to How are we getting dressed in the future? Whip out your crystal ball, Jennifer. Whip out your crystal ball. I have been thinking about it a lot. Um, one thing, it's very sad. Um, on my site, I like to um, promote women-run businesses, mostly in the fashion and beauty arena, because that's what I know and love. Um and I think it's going to be a very hard time for a lot of fashion businesses. I also think there's too much stuff out in the world. And I've long thought this, which also goes into my ethos of buying less and buying better. But I think, I think what we'll want going forward, um, I think we're going to start wanting to get dressed on some level. And I think what's going to matter most are the pieces that you really have an emotional attachment to. I think that you're going to want to put on things that feel good on your body. So like material wise. So to me, that's, you know, nice cottons in the winter. It's a nice wool or cashmere sweater. Um, silk. I feel like a silk slip dress is going to become, I mean, it's become ubiquitous again, but I think it's not going away. And that's instead of a cocktail dress, you'll put on a, a, a silk slip skirt, a skirt or a dress, throw a sweater over it. You can wear flat boots with it. Right. Um, it's elegant. So it's elegant, but loungy. Yeah. It's like, dressy pajamas almost. Yeah. And then the emotional aspect, I think you're going to want a couple of things um, that really speak to you emotionally that whether it's a piece of jewelry or an accessory um, or one, one elaborate splurge sweater, something like that, that you'll want to wear again and again. What are touchstones for you in your wardrobe? Because you've talked about having an emotional connection to sort of uh, accessories or clothing. What would be your, you know, go-to piece that you feel amazing in every time? Um, so I'm thinking towards fall because I'm trying to start think of, you know, so for me, it's, um, I have a couple of slip dresses that are satin. I love them. I, it's too hot to wear them right now, frankly, but I look forward to wearing those with the sweater. And who, and, and who makes uh, those? I have I have from various brands. I have one from uh, slip skirt from Vince, and I have a dress from 
a organic by John Patrick. He has a little store in East Hampton and actually Marfa, Texas. And I have an old one. I, I keep my some of my clothes um, from a, a label called Kate, K-H-A-I-T-E. Um, that's a few years old. Um, and also I'm splurging on a cashmere sweater. Vince I, makes the best, yummiest sweaters. Well, that's a good question. <laughs> um, actually, Kate has become very popular. They did a sweater that, um, oh, I'm forgetting her name more last year. They have very nice sweaters. Um, there's a company called Allude, A-L-L-U-D-E, that it's sort of a moderately expensive brand that I really like that makes nice ones. At the same time, the sweaters, the cashmere sweaters that I wear on a daily basis in the winter are from Uniqlo. I have a, a crew neck in black and a crew neck in navy, and I wear them out. <laughs> I love that. I love that because that, that that's such a great brand, and that it's got that whole high-low thing where you can mix. And it's very uh, simple and minimal, so you can take them and mix them in with with other things in your wardrobe. I find exactly. that my entire family dresses from Uniqlo. My boys run around in their puffer jackets. I also use um, their sweaters as well. So I love to hear you um, give well, them a shout out. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't like fast fashion. But what I don't have a problem with, I don't like fast fashion when it's trendy because I feel like people buy it on a whim and then they let it go and that's wasteful. But for brands like Uniqlo that make basics that you can go to, like you said, I have a um, one of their down vests that I actually run in in the winter and another down that I use, they're great layering pieces. They don't go out of style. So for that, I am all for saving money in those areas um, if you can get a lot of use out of them. Absolutely. Another Uniqlo item that I wear all the time, I, I'm forgetting the name of them. I think they're their heat tech um, turtlenecks. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and they're very skinny and shrunken. And I actually wear a black one under some of my summer dresses to kind of, ex and I wear them with black tights and I wear them with black booties. And then a dress that has, um, you know, gets worn in the summer can be worn through the colder months of fall and into spring. So I think I love that. I actually stole that idea from Jesse Loeffler Randall of Loeffler Randall. Um, uh, shoes. She she posted that on her Instagram, and I thought I'm all over that. It was like a nine dollar nine dollar turtleneck, and it it allows me to extend the life of my wardrobe into a different season. Yeah, I actually wear their also their airism tanks to wear under things are really great. Ooh, I'm, I'll check that out next. So walk yeah. us through your closet clean out for people who are listening and are thinking I didn't clean one single closet during COVID, and I'm like, inspired to get in action. I want an edited wardrobe. How do they get going? What are your, you know, three steps that they should be taking uh, to, to begin this closet clean out? So I think it's really, you know, if you go on my site, what I talk about is instead of going and making a pile of yes, no, and maybes, it's really spending time to think about what you wear. And I actually start women um, and my clients with making lists. I love lists. But really taking time and thinking about things so one is to do a packing list. Like I said, if you're going on a vacation that sort of represents your lifestyle. So, you know, one for fall, winter, one for spring, summer. Uh, I like people to write down um, their splurges, their five biggest splurges in their closet. And also, you know, on a scale to one to five, how much do they use them? Um, you know, did they use them at all? Was it a mistake? Um, 
also the things that they go to all the time. So the things that they rely on, so like a two-week diary of your clothing, which right now doesn't work so much because I think, you know, people's uh, wardrobes aren't, they're not going through their clothes in their closet as much. It's yoga pants. It's all yoga pants all the time. (laughs) Yeah. And also like the things like your lazy go-tos. So the things that you have in your closet that you're like, oh, I really need to replace this or I mean, I guess I'll put this on because I I need to put something on. You should replace those Um, and you should replace them with, and you should make a list of things you've always wanted. Um, And I I think, and what I found by really editing down my closet and I sold a lot of things on the real reel. I gave things away. Um, I sold some things on thread up, um, which you don't really make a lot of money on, but they're going somewhere. Like I'm a zero waste clean out. Nothing should ever go in the garbage that's a clothing item. Um, I also, there's a place you can also get a box and recycle even like one, you know, <laughs> uh, perilous socks. Um, so that's amazing. I have, of, I have hundreds I, of perilous socks. <laughs> <laughs> I had money and means to actually get things that I had wanted for a long time. And I think a lot of us have things that you think you want and they've been on your wish list for ages and you we, we all get sidetracked it's not hard there's you know we're all on instagram looking at things constantly and oh look what she's wearing oh my god i think i need that and i think we end up spending money in places that we regret absolutely Even if it's 50 dollars here and 75 dollars there you'd be surprised how quickly that adds up to $500. Yep. Real money, real money, real money, which, and I, and so I think it's really sort of like getting track on where you're spending your money and also looking at what you have and what you love and what you don't love and really letting things go that are, if you're keeping things for sentimental reasons, fine, keep a box of sentimental clothes. That's I, I mean, I'm not for throwing everything out and living with 10 things. I mean, I think it would be great if you could, but it's hard. Um, but really, I think a lot of us hold on to too many things for no reason. Absolutely. Did you make any pandemic purchases that have helped you through this time? Like, was there, I mean, obviously we've all been buying masks, but was there yeah. anything else that you added to your wardrobe? Well, you know, it's funny. In the beginning, I bought, I don't really wear sweatpants. So I bought a pair of sweatpants and that was actually a mistake because I don't wear sweatpants. Um I have, what have I bought? Um, I bought a slip dress and I bought a couple pairs of shorts. I like tailored shorts and I really like that. I like, um, because I like tailoring, I don't love summer dresses. So I like a sort of a Bermuda short and I think they've gotten more modern and they're, um, so I like to wear those with like a button down shirt. Um, but I've really been watching and waiting because I, I want to wait Fall clothes are so much more expensive than summer clothes. Sure. Um, I I want a couple of amazing cashmere sweaters and, and one really nice blazer, and that's where my money's going to go. 
smart to put it where you where you're really coveting those items. I, I, yeah. have, a, I have a question for you. I saw that uh, Yves Saint Laurent recently named uh, filmmaker John Waters of Hairspray to be the face of his men's line. I think that information came out this week. Uh, Waters is 74. So can you <laughs> think? That. I know. I love it, too. And he's got so much style and so much charisma. Can, can you think of an analogous, am I even saying that word correctly, but can you think of a similar example for women? Would, would you find a woman who is 74 think, being the face of a big brand? I mean, I think, you know, who did it? Well, a couple of people have done it. Um, when Phoebe Philo was, was at Celine, she put D- Joan Didion in her ads, which um, was amazing. And Joan is, I don't even know. How, I mean, I love her writing. I don't know how old she is. Um, but lately, uh, I know Charlotte Rampling and Lauren Hutton are still in ads for major brands. Bottega, I think maybe it was Loewe that Charlotte Rampling is in. And she, you know, she was really big in the 70s. I, I do think fashion is, is changing slowly. <laughs> um, and their perception in using older women. They get, I mean, I think it's also amazing on looking on Instagram because I actually think it's the older women have a lot of followers. And I think it's because younger women also like looking at them and thinking, oh, I can be 60 and still wear cool clothes and still feel good about myself. Um, and it's something they're like aspire to, because I think some, you know, without that, you, everybody just thinks, oh, like you said, you know, oh, I'm 50. Oh, it doesn't matter anymore. But that's not true. There are plenty of women who are older who have kick ass style. And when you see them, I think it makes Everybody feel good. Absolutely. I love following May Musk on Instagram. She is, she's a face, <laughs> yeah. face of cover girl now. I think she's got to be 74. And she, yeah. she has incredible, and she just glams her way across the globe or back when people traveled across the globe. But she has a lot of style and is not letting her age slow her down at all. Um, wow. You know, Jennifer, you've shared so many wonderful uh, tips. I am I'm going to put some of your closet clean out into action. I love the zero waste closet. I'm going to include some of the resources that you shared in the show notes. So if people are looking to donate their old clothes or learn how to sell them online, you can check the show notes for that information. Uh, before we start to wrap up, I just want to ask, um, is there another product or resource either for buy uh, better, buy less, or your closet cleanout that you want to share with the audience? I mean, the only thing I would say is you there there isn't a lot out there. Um, you know, if you follow me, I'm going to start actually doing more videos starting in September um, about sort of editing and moving forward because I think with the pandemic, it's even going, it's going nowhere. I think it's more important that we will all really sort of get a, get a grasp of getting dressed. Um, and if women also want help, they can go on my site. There's a link on the wardrobe project where I can offer personalized services to help women um, do this on their own. Jennifer's uh, videos on editing out her closet are so soothing to watch. I (laughs) literally watched them during shelter in place. I could not get off my sofa to clean my own closet, but I watched hers, learned so much, and found them to be just so calming. So I highly recommend these. Jennifer, where can listeners find your website? Uh, they can go to the Flare Index. It's F L A I R, flareindex.com, and also on Instagram. I'm under the Flare Instagram, uh, the Flare Index, which are where my videos sit. 
Okay. And, and my last question before we part, what is the, the one product that you're coveting? I know that you had mentioned that you are, uh, you have your eyes on a few things. What are you looking to purchase next? Well, so speaking of cashmere sweaters, I found a Celine gray. I, I have, I'm a sucker for gray cashmere. It's gray cashmere V-neck. It couldn't be more classic. It couldn't be more expensive. <laughs> I know I will have it. My daughter wears my husband's. It's 40 years old. So I'm sure that her daughter's going to be wearing this one or son um, someday. It's a future heirloom and sounds exactly. so cozy. And I'm going to wear it to death anyway. So. I love it. I can't wait to see you in it. Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women over 50 who are aging without apology. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoy the show and you have amazing women in your life, and of course you do because you did not make it to 50 without fabulous female friends, please spread the word. You can also help us grow by heading to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And visit us at www.acertainagepod.com for show notes and bonus content. Special thanks to Michael Mancini Productions, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time. And until then, age boldly, beauties. Beauties.